Here is Trev Alberts addressing the firing of Scott Frost today at the at UNO. Thank uh, Mickey Joseph uh, for taking on this role. I felt like you know, there's nine games left in the season, and uh, I think we owed it to the players, we owe it to our fans, to give these players an opportunity these last nine games. Um, we've got good players on this football team, and so having a different voice and and having some new energy and enthusiasm, I'm hoping, um, can make a difference for this team. And then third and finally, I think at the end of the day, there has to be accountability. When you run a professional organization that um, has high standards, accountability has to matter. And, you know, Scott and I talked about this very clearly. 16 and 31 obviously was, was not at a level that um, was acceptable to us. So... I met with Scott this morning at 11 o'clock. I'll just kind of walk you through um, the process of the day. I met with Scott at 11 o'clock and, and informed him, I want you to know that Scott was extremely collegial and he understood. Um, I wasn't surprised because I know how much Scott loves this place. And I think that's really important. Um, we then both had an opportunity to go down and meet with the team. Uh, we sent an email to our team. Most of the team was here, so we got to meet with our team. And uh, Scott was with me, and I thanked the team. And I thanked Scott in front of the team for all of his hard work. I think the team really cares about Scott, and I know Scott really cares about the team. I then gave Scott an opportunity to spend time himself with the team. And so we all left, and Scott spent time with the team, and, and uh, those conversations will remain with the team and Scott. And then finally, I invited uh, Mickey Joseph, and, and Mickey came in about 11.45 and, and, uh, and spoke to the team and, and walked them through some of the changes that he envisioned. Uh, I communicated to Mickey that Mickey's the head coach. Um, I won't meddle in Mickey's decision-making process. I encouraged Mickey to be the head coach and make decisions as the head coach. And so uh, he'll ultimately have an opportunity probably with all of you to explain. I think there will be some changes. He explained some of the changes with the team. There will be some structural changes and things that I think Mickey believes in, which will, uh, will be good going forward. He can explain all that to you. Um, just want to tell you a little bit about the process going forward, and we'll open it up to questions. Um, obviously, we're going to do a national search. You know, we're going to engage some third-party help, mostly for logistics and other things. I want you to know as well, and I would encourage our fans and everyone to recognize there will be a lot of rumors out there. There's going to be a lot of innuendo. Um, I want you to know that, that these sort of decisions and processes are not made in a silo. I have a lot of great mentors and friends that we'll be working with. Um, and ultimately, you know, in a prior life, I have relationships with a lot of coaches in this business, and I intend to reach out to a lot of people. And so if you hear that Trev Alberts reached out to XYZ Coach, it doesn't mean that I've offered the job to XYZ Coach. I think there's some fabulous coaches out there that have a perspective about our job that I could benefit from. And so I'm going to reach out to a lot of people. And so if you hear that Trev Alberts reached out to XYZ coach, it might very well be true. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to hire that coach. I'd like to get that perspective. I'd like to get a perspective of a coach who isn't here right now about our job and what the uniqueness is and the needs and those sorts of things. So just want to be clear about that process. Obviously, there's been some changes in college football with the early signing date and transfer portal. There are considerations as we go forward as well. But most importantly, I'm going to do everything I possibly can, like I think we did for Scott. 
uh, to support Mickey Joseph and the staff as best we possibly can. It's a group of young men that they're hurting. Um, and, you know, they, they care deeply about this place. And so we're going to do everything we can to support them and help them. They've got nine games left. We've got a great opportunity this weekend against Oklahoma. And so we're going to support them as best we can going forward. All right. I guess we'll open it up from comments and questions here. Why now as opposed to October or the end of the season? It's a good question. It's a fair question, Annie. It's, you know, at this point, I just felt like, um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we owed it to the players, you know, uh, to give them uh, a different voice, perhaps slightly different vision, give them some confidence and opportunity. We've got nine games. We've got seniors on this team that have invested a lot for a long time. And uh, I know how disruptive these changes are. You're not just affecting the player's life. You're affecting all the coaches and their family. And I understand that. Um, but we needed to do something. We needed to inject something into this team to give them the confidence and, and hopefully help them compete. I'd, nothing would uh, please me more than to, to see a pretty significant change and help this team get over the hump and win some games. The, the buyout was supposed to drop in half uh, on October 1st. How, how did you handle that? Was, it, was there a negotiated settlement? Or does Scott get the $15 million? There's no negotiated settlement. The University of Nebraska has a long history of living up to what we've agreed to. And so um, the contract is what the contract is. And, of course, the university will uh, comply as we always do. Did you have to summon any outside help from boosters? To I won't get into any discussions about outside boosters or any of that sort of thing. But Trent, when, when did you actually make the decision? Last night? Yeah, I think last night. Uh, not a lot of slept. You know, didn't sleep a lot, Andy. And, and uh, a lot of us didn't. But, um, you know, some real concern. Um, throughout the first couple games and, you know, wanted this thing to work, wanted to give a little extra time. And I think last night and then through the night and then into this morning, um, I really felt like, um, you know, we need, needed to make a change. If they won, would that have changed? Like if, if they get a stop? You know, I don't, I don't know, Sam. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the what ifs if they stopped here on third down or got this. I mean, I, I don't think that's really healthy. We are where we are. We're 16 and 31. And I want to give this group of players an opportunity to have a different voice um, to try to win some games this year. Would you, would you have a short list of coaches you're considering at this point? Would you, or are you just starting with a very broad? Well, Steve, I, I want to first say, first of all, we have not engaged in any third-party folks. I have not talked to any agents of any football coaches. We were all in to help Scott be successful. Everybody wanted Scott to be successful. And I believe Scott wanted Scott to be successful as well. Um, so listen, yeah, anybody in my, in, in my position has a group of, of folks that, that they admire. Um, at the end of the day for us, we need to, you know, get some clear definitions about what those coaching qualities look like. You know, what, what is our unique culture need in terms of coaching? And ultimately, what is our culture going to be as a team? So yeah, there's a group of people that I'm well aware of and interested in, would like to talk to, um, and we'll go through that as, as we move forward. But right now, in the immediacy, Steve, we've got an opportunity to support, uh, support the team as they move forward. What chance does Mickey Joseph have to earn the job on the well, I met with Mickey, and I told him, you know, we were going to do a national search. And uh, so um, we'll, we'll continue to do a national search, and we'll see how, how the season unfolds. Um, but I think we have an opportunity – you know, to hire a, an outstanding coach that can lead our program. Would and I'd love to see Mickey, you know, grow into that. 
and we'll just see where it goes. Um, but again, we'll do a national search, and, and if at that point, you know, Mickey is a, is an obvious candidate, uh, um, he'll be part of that conversation as well. Trev, where do you, you know, I guess, what kind of expectations do you have for the program now? I mean, where, what do you think the ceiling is, and where would you like the team to go? Well, I won't get into specific, you know, ceilings or where to go. Listen, I we've said all along, I'd I just love to see this team continue to grow, compete, make progress, have a team that represents the values of Nebraskans, be tough, win the line of scrimmage, do the fundamental things that teams need to do to win games. And uh, and I think we can get there, you know. We, we'll stop talking about championships or stop talking about things we used to do. We'll just get really process-oriented, detail-oriented, and, and ultimately when you start doing those fundamental championship habits type things as I think about them, uh, those types of wins and things follow. But we need to stop focusing on that. We need to stop fo start focusing on those small fundamental things that ultimately lead to those types of things. And so those are the things we'll do. What are three or four qualities that you really want in a good head coach? You've hired many head coaches <clears throat> other places. Talking intangibles, not necessarily... You know, you know, Sam, I've always believed that, um, you know, great coaches are, are people of character. Um, you know, I, I think they're, they're people managers. You know, they're culture builders. I think they're grinders. A lot of the great ones don't have a whole lot of ho hobbies. It's all they know, you know. And, um, you know, so, so, so those types of things. And I, you know, I think young people as we've moved forward, have changed a little bit. So I think uh, being able to identify and relate to the modern student-athlete and all that they're going through and all of the new things like NIL and all those types of things are very important. But the basic fundamentals of authentic leadership, I mean, is this somebody that the players are willing to follow? I mean, it's just basic types of leadership things that are really, really important to me. And I like people who hate to lose. I like people who hate to lose more than they enjoy winning. And I've got to be really careful when I say those things because I certainly don't mean to infer and imply that our previous coach didn't have those things. And I want to be very clear about that. That's not fair to Scott. What I'm saying is, is that's what I have found. No matter if it's a football coach, basketball coach, or a volleyball coach, there's some very core and key fundamental characteristics that help to define each of them. And those are the types of things that I believe in as well. Trey, when you look at the coaching market and just the salaries and how much they've gone up, how competitive can Nebraska be in this current market of coaching salaries? Yeah, I mean, I'm well aware of, of where the market has shifted in terms of compensation. And, and uh, at a place like Nebraska, you know, we're blessed to be in a position to, to meet market demand. And certainly resources won't be an impediment towards hiring the type of coach that we want to lead the Husker program. What's about mixed are you that this didn't? You know, Andy, I, um, you know, I put a lot of thought into that, Andy, but I, 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 I thought it would work, you know. And uh, listen, we all have short memories, but uh, Scott Frost was uh, among the absolute leaders in that cycle of coaching. And uh, uh, Scott's a good football coach. Scott, Scott's going to go on and be a successful coach. I told him that this morning. And, uh, and, and, and he agreed, you know, Scott's a good football coach. Um, and the right situation for him will emerge, and I think he'll be very successful. I was determined uh, to work with him um, and try to balance, Andy, that, that, that very delicate balance of not meddling, because it's the last thing I think administration should do, is start dictating to coaches how they operate their deal, but be supportive. And... Um, 
but it is what it is. It didn't work, and um, that's why we're here today. What are some of the specific qualities that he has that made him right for this role? Well, Mickey's an energetic guy. Um, you, some of you have interacted with him already. He's pretty black and white. And, um, you know, I was in there when he talked to the team. And, and uh, you know, he, I think, sees this as a real opportunity for him as well, professionally. And all of you will get a chance to, to talk to Mickey. Um, you know, I think he has an infectious personality. I think that's important. Um, you know, he's, he's been some places. So I think that benefits him. I think he has some different feelings about structure and approach and how he'll handle practice and some different things. Um, so there'll be some immediate, fairly significant changes into his approach. And uh, he had a very poignant conversation with the team today uh, that I thought they took very well. And um, at the same time, I think like Scott, Mickey will, will love them and seek to serve them. This has been a unique program. What sort of qualities do you look for in a, in a person to run this kind of <coughs> from that specific slant of it, which is the intense interest and all that? Well, I, you know, I don't know if there's anything specific to, you know, how magnified the role is. You know, I, I, I certainly think it, it has to be somebody that um, has a servant leadership mentality, you know, that's here to serve young people, um, that perhaps sees a picture bigger than... Um, than themselves, if you will. Um, but I, I don't think anything specific. I mean, every single job in college football has challenges. This job has advantages to other jobs, and it has some disadvantages. It's the same thing with every job in college football. We have 1.8 million people in this state. That's not going to change. But we got some built-in advantages here. So we need to play to our strengths and build on those, Right. And so the right kind of coach, I think, sees this as an opportunity um, to rebuild and build something special here. Why don't you think it worked? I mean, you've been here now for uh, how, however many games, 15, 15 games. Why, why do you think uh, Nebraska was 4-11 and 11 in those games? Sam, I don't know. And, you know, and I'm not trying to be flippant with you. If I knew, um, we would have made some changes. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. You see something in cross-coaching stuff, whether in practice or in games, that uh, disappointed you or frustrated you? You know, I, I, I could spend a lot of time. I don't want to spend a lot of time going backwards and looking at and evaluating Scott, only because I think at this point it's a little unfair to Scott. We've moved on. You know, certainly there's things that you observe and you'd see and you'd say, well, maybe I'd do something different. We would have conversations. But at the end of the day, Scott Frost was a head coach. And I promise you, Scott made decisions that he thought were in the best interest of the University of Nebraska. They were genuine. He believed that in his heart, okay? And so um, that's really important. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time evaluating uh, Scott's performance over the last five years. I think, you know, at the end of the day, Scott's no longer the head coach here, and we'll move on and, and look forward to – I think you'll see some of those changes that – and you'll get to talk to Coach Joseph about that. but. Uh, Mostly, I just want to salute Scott, and uh, you know he'll always be a Husker, and he's from the great state of Nebraska, and always be welcome here, and, and uh, we want to support him in that role. Other questions for Trev? What's the uh, when you a timeline? You ideally want to have a coach in place, whether it's Mickey or it's someone else, right after the season, or like how long is that 
doing that taking? Well, I, I do think there's some benefits in terms of making the decision when we've made it. Uh, I think this gives us an opportunity to really, you know, do the necessary work. We need to dive into a real process and a detail-oriented process that talks to a lot of people. And that's why I mentioned earlier, you're going to hear about a lot of names. That's good. That means we're going to talk to a lot of people uh, because we're going to clearly define what our values are, and we're not going to hire coaches who don't believe in what we believe in, Sam. And so we need to take as long as it takes to find the right leader. Um, so is there an ideal timeline? Sure. I mean, you could naturally look at some of these timelines, early signing date, and say it would be really nice to be able to get the person in place by then because it would allow us to do that. But we won't make decisions or rush things uh, just to get a coach hired. Uh, we're also not going to try to win the press conference. All right? At the end of the day, we need to hire the right leader and the right fit. And that's a really important thing here as well. We you have to the recruits at all? By, or do you have a chance to visit with the recruits? Or we let the coaches just kind of handle that from here on out? Just to I'll do what, whatever Mickey asked me to do. You know, I, I really enjoy talking to the recruits, prospective recruits. You've probably seen me out on the field. And, and uh, I really enjoy talking to those young men. Um, I will do anything I possibly can to be supportive of the football coaching staff, but I will not get in the way. And so ultimately – what I would do with Scott is every time we talked, I'd ask, how can I help? Am I doing anything that's counterproductive? I'll do the same thing with Mickey. What can I do to help? I want him to be successful because uh, ultimately that means our young men are being successful. Uh, so I'll do whatever Mickey and the staff ask me to do. Trev, for you personally, do you feel like the hiring of this this next coach will define your tenure as Nebraska's athletic director? No, I think you guys will probably define my tenure. Uh, that's how it works. But, uh, no, I, you know, I don't think about those kinds of things. You know, I'm no different than Scott. I love the University of Nebraska. And, and uh, like I said earlier, um, I really hoped uh, that the day I got introduced here as the athletic director that I'd never have to be doing this. Um, we really, I, I really thought that I could work with Scott and – uh, that's what everybody wanted. So we'll, we'll do the right things. We'll do the best that we can. Uh, every decision we make here, whether it's right or wrong, we'll learn later. But they are always done with what we think is in the best long-term interest of the University of Nebraska and our athletic department. And this place will always be bigger than any one person. And that is the way it has to be. And so we'll, uh, we'll do the very best that we can and we'll dive into the details. We'll surround ourselves with, with good people. And um, we'll, uh, we'll identify the next leader of Husker football. Back to Mickey for a second. Um, why him as opposed to anyone else on the, on the staff? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, you, I went through a lot of folks, too. I mean, you can naturally make certain arguments certain places. And, you know, Mickey's not calling the plays, you know. Coach Whipple is, and so there's a lot of responsibilities for the head coach that lie outside of football. You can only imagine with, you know, Fox coming this weekend, and, you know, we, we need to have Coach Whipple focused on game planning and play calling all week, and, and obviously defensively we've got some fairly significant adjustments to make, and so Chins has got to be really focused there. And so, and I, again, I think, I think that Mickey – uh, his personality, his energy, and enthusiasm—I um, I think can. Uh, uh, we need a different voice, right? We, we we need to we need to provide hope for these young men. I mean, you've got a lot of young men in that locker room. That at the end of the day, this is a 
Football's a tough sport. You have to force yourself to do things you don't want to do physically. And so having somebody that can pull that out of you and motivate you to do that, um, and in my observations of Coach Joseph, I think he has some of those attributes, and I'd like to see him uh, uh, function in that role. Anything else? Sure. Was there anyone else relieved of their duties today, or was it just Coach Frost? Just Coach Frost. Now, again, Mickey Joseph is the head coach, and uh, if he chooses to make some of those additional changes, uh, we will support those changes as well. But I am not aware of any of those that he anticipates at this time. Thank you. So there you have it. That is the uh, the press conference there with Trev Alberts. This is 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman, DP in the room as well. Uh, very interesting in there where he said, uh, where Trev mentioned that uh, no other coaching changes, but it'll be up to Mickey if he certainly needs to make those changes. So he's the acting head coach. It's not just a, a title they're throwing out there. It's not a collaborative unit that they're all um, going to get together and, and try to make this run forward. It's it's This is Mickey's team moving on. Well, that was as we as we led up to it. Uh, there was a lot of question over what's next, what's next, and I kept say, I, kept, I wanted to point to people. What's next? Next is Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. Like it's his ball now, and looking forward beyond that means that you're not connected to the moment. You're not paying attention to what's happening. Like it's literally sitting right in front of you that Mickey Joseph was the choice of several choices even within this space and this decision mickey was the choice over whipple shenander etc right so that's the choice and that's what's next and i'm just letting listeners know i'm not doing that long term long game dance every day about okay i saw them talk to this person that's no i'm focused on mickey joseph being running the program and giving them the best opportunity to win seven of nine games going forward, six of nine games going forward, five of nine games going forward, whatever the number is, yeah. that you have a former Husker and a, a, a national champion <laughs> running your program. That's enough. And if you don't understand what happens with recruiting because of this, you're, you're not paying attention. That you now have a person who will be able to recruit top-level players to Lincoln, Nebraska. Why? Because he's already done it. He's already done it. He's already faced all the monsters of, of – he's not afraid of Ohio State. He's not, he's, not, he's not bothered by that. He's not bothered by Clemson. So now you have somebody in charge who can redirect and, and, and change the way the program is doing business. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. Like I'm going to focus on Mickey Joseph because that would be to me that's the intelligent chess move. Well, and I think too with the with this uh, press conference with the timing that they did this, um, you got to read the tea leaves, and the tea leaves are saying as opposed to to me when Mike Riley kind of was sitting through, but Sean Icarus was let go. You could see okay, this thing's done, and there really wasn't much salvaging that season. This move was almost made to salvage the season. They could have waited a few weeks. They could have saved some money and waited a few weeks. Um, but 
as you heard through that press conference, he want, he wants to fight for this team. And that's why you make the move to Mickey Joseph now. It's it's not save money and wait a few weeks. It's, hey, guys, you know what? We're close in these games. We're losing by field goals, and and it's, it's incredibly frustrating, and we're losing to teams we shouldn't. But if we get the right guy in place, if we just get a change in leadership and we think that we might have that guy in the locker room, let's make the move for this season. And so... You know, this season you're one and two. You know, typically when you have these things, USC had this one last year. Again, we've had the Mike Riley year. Um, you just kind of ride it off and say, well, I guess you can still have fun with your football. This still this still feels to me with Mickey now in charge, with Scott now you know, out of the picture, and he's been part of the picture that's been blurry and frustrating and all that. With Mickey in charge, there's brand new hope for a bowl game. I mean, there, there's, 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 you know, this, this thing maybe could get turned around. And certainly, as, as, as you heard Trev too in there say, if Mickey does that, then he'll be, he'll be a name. He'll be a name that they consider moving forward. So, um, you know, that is going to be kind of in the background. But in, in, in the front picture is Oklahoma's coming this week. You don't have time. You have Big Noon Saturday coming up. Yeah, I mean, how about that? That that Fox is coming, and they're bringing all of the the the, the talking heads. And all of the loud voices of the Big Ten, and all of the loud voices and known faces of college football, and all eyes, all eyes, every coach, every player is going to pay, every recruit will be paying attention to Oklahoma versus Nebraska. Why? The tradition of it, the legacy of it, all the great personalities are coming to town. We already know Boz is coming to town. We know all the Oklahoma names are coming to town. We know that a, a, a lot of the Hall of Famers are coming back. Uh, we know the people who, who played in those big Oklahoma versus Nebraska games, they're coming back. They're going to be in the building. And then, and then and then, you have the curiosity. You have the unknown. We don't know what offense they're bringing to town. We don't know what, what, what Mickey Joseph is going to unleash. We, we, we don't know what his relationship with Mark Whipple is. We're going to find out. We're going to find out all of that on a national stage on the, on the, on the big, in the biggest game of the day and, quite frankly, uh, once again, the biggest game in, in Nebraska's recent history yeah. again. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> again. Well, let's uh, let's do this. We got to take a quick break. We ran a little long through the press conference. We come back. We'll play a little bit uh, from that press conference and and continue this uh, this fascinating day, fascinating move by Nebraska. We've had the the, the press conference now from Trev Alberts. Of course, the big news today: Fro uh, Scott Frost let go uh, and fired as head coach of Nebraska football. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more coverage here on ninety three seven The Ticket. Hey, sheesh! What's the news? <laughs> Anything going on? Yeah, no. I think uh, I, I think maybe the highest-paid employee in the state of Nebraska may uh, may no longer be an employee in the state of Nebraska. I okay. So we we will take your calls now. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. We will read your texts. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Start a hand text on Honda Lincoln Hotline. You guys have been with us most of the day since noon. Greatly appreciate you doing that for us uh, and with us. That's why we do it. Like I was, look, I I had a full day plan, and as soon as I got the email, I went, "Okay, we have to go live." Not only do we have <laughs> yeah. to go live, but we got to go live and be there for a while. 
I was trying to sit at home and rest. I was telling DP once we started playing the Trev Albert stuff. Took Ellie to her first game yesterday. It didn't go the way she had a great time though. She mm-hmm. didn't. She didn't know what was going yeah. on. She didn't know what was going on. But she had a great time. She fell asleep in the fourth, like halfway through the fourth quarter, and actually stayed asleep through the cheering. Which don't know how that happens. Must be an extremely heavy sleeper. Um, but I had to carry her back, and we parked at the Haymarket because it was an event. Because um, Rachel works for Acres. So oh, okay. Shout out Acres. Mm-hmm. But we were out there and uh, had to carry her back. So my shoulder is killing me. And I was going <laughs> to use this as a rest day. Like I was saying, I was laying on the floor, got the email, and was like, well, and then got the text. And I was like, got to go to work. <laughs> it's kind of sad because I've worked here since 2013. So when I pulled it out, I see it, I go, here we go again. <laughs> because I've, what, been, I've been through the Riley, the Bellini, yep. the Frost. And, this, and is my the first, Frost so. this is my first coaching firing and soon to be coaching search on the air mm. i during frost i wasn't on the air i was back in the production studio doing all that so it wasn't i would i didn't have to do any of this i was just cutting stuff up and and on twitter scrolling and letting people know what i see on twitter but I, i've been yeah, a part this is interesting of, i've been a part a ton um the second joe gibbs hiring uh i was there for the first joe gibbs hiring where which is why when i hear people talk about all the stuff about what they want from head coaches you don't have any idea what you want from head coaches. Because Joe Gibbs, everybody said, wait a minute, you coming from George Allen and who? Who was this dude? Oh, he was you know, the thir- third best assistant uh, under Coriel and company. And he lost his first five games and everybody was, just, no, this is nuts. This guy yeah. has to go. He's terrible. He's awful. Same thing applied. Utah, uh, Ron McBride uh, had been the head coach for 20-some years. And they're like, listen, the game's moved past him. Uh, we got to find somebody. And they did all of the same conversation. He had to be a Utah, right? Oh, he, yeah. Somebody that he had been a Ute or maybe a BYU Cougar, at worst, a Utah State Aggie. Have we can get, area. Yeah, we can right. get past that. Right, all that stuff. And then we need somebody who's been an established head coach because you had a veteran 20-year head coach. Uh, who built everything within the program. So if he's not that, it's not good enough. They announced Urban Meyer. Oh, this is terrible. Who, who is this guy? What? What? Bowling Akron? Green. Bowling Green. We don't, <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame, we don't even Sounds boo. terrible. Boo that guy. That Just guy's terrible. mistake on that their guy, part. That guy's terrible. What's the big deal? And as you've seen, it's gone terrible. Right. Huh? Like there's so, there's so <laughs> much of this stuff. Being in Houston, right? You fire coach programs under 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 duress, uh, and they went through and it's well don't go and get somebody's assistant, so they go and get Bill O'Brien, who for all intent and purposes, I mean, he, he, look, they, he, they were nine and seven. He's the, he's their Riley, right? Yeah. Like that 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 at nine wins, not eleven wins like they wanted and needed, mm. but was he good for the situation and the circumstance? Yes. There's so much of this stuff, right, about who people want as a coach. I'm gonna repeat this. The coach is Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. The coach is Mickey Joseph, and so my focus is going to be: look, you can send all the memes you want about what some dude <laughs> who is outside the market, or some dude who's next to the man, some man next to the man next to the man mm-hmm. who told you at the gas station, whose cousin works down in the building and read emails that they weren't supposed to read that they saw that somebody it, walking through high V. Yeah, said it's this dude. It's always high V. I'm not doing it. I'm just saying you got to get used to that. It's always high V. No, I don't. Right, I'm right, not Bob? doing it. It's always high V. That's not, where they're at. Well, You'll it's, hear it's, it's, it's the airport guy. It's the Uber guy. Oh, yeah. it, it used 
to mm-hmm. be the taxi guy. Now it's, it's gonna be the Uber Eats guy. Yeah, now. The, the I delivered food to the, 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 the to the hotel of the yeah. guy. Right, right. Uh, a or fake the, name or the room service guy. Uh-huh. And the hotel room service guy is legit because the <laughs> hotel room. Look, that dude. They know some things. Well. He doesn't just know they're there. He's got to clean up after right? him, right? Well, they know. <laughs> he knows in, what they're doing. Like, like he's oh. got all the scraps of paper. Um, they left just, their third phone. I got it right well, here. Well, but he also, they also have it. Here's the thing. They know by the amount of room service the person orders. <laughs> well, what was it? The This, uh, dude, was, this dude spent $500. Guess the, what? Uh, he might be the guy. The lady uh, in Kansas City who sold the GM and all of them champagne and she knew that Patrick Mahomes got a new contract before anybody else knew because she was like yeah they came here and bought like $10,000 worth of champagne yeah. so I was like I wonder what this could be yeah I think this might be it so I think for me I mean listen I understand what has been the the the, the space the vacuum for this but and again it's just for me y'all y'all can process whatever way you want but for me Mickey Joseph is the head coach and I'm going to act accordingly. Let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's going on, guys? <clears throat> hey, I just had a, a few things that I, I'm trying to wrap my head around. The, the, the first thing is there's two decisions that I we both, we all know that Scott Frost made. One was the onside kick, which cost us the game on the first game, Northwestern, Northwestern excuse me. <clears throat> and then this last one, fourth and six inches and we punt the ball and we haven't stopped them the whole game. So those are things I think you can correlate to uh, Scott Frost. And I was a big fan of him, by the way. The next thing is our defense. Goodness gracious. We were making three quarterbacks look like all pro Josh Allen. We've got to do something different on the, uh, the pass coverage. So I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Bach, what do you? I mean, your thoughts? Well, first of all, the the fourth and inches one, I I kind of understand it, but it was in in their own territory. So I know some of the crowd was booing and stuff like that. I didn't hate that move, and ultimately, you know, you can you can kind of get frustrated about a lot of parts of yesterday's, which is more on the defense, I I, I guess. But I don't, I, I I can't hold. That's not the onside kick to me. That that's just a, a judgment call that a coach has to make, and. About six, maybe five, six years ago, it kind of changed. Maybe it was even more recent than that to where coaches were starting to be more and, you know, take those gambles. There was a time in college football where if you would have done that, you that would have been up. That's part of the game recap that you did that. Like, that's that's a crazy thing to go for it on fourth and inches uh, in your own territory. So that one I don't hate so much. The defense does. I mean, the defense is what it is. It needs a lot um, to fix. It's so funny. Social media is terrible and, and great at the same time. <laughs> Damn, bro. Damn. It's 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 the meme from Fridays. This is my niece. Uh, it says, yeah, it's the meme from Fridays. Damn, bro, how you get fired on your day off? Uh, you, was, you was stealing that, boxes. That that is, that is, that is, look, look, man. Look, look, look. That's my niece. No, so uh, that, that fourth and inches call, like, I, I get it. it. I don't think it cost them the game, but. I, well, I So I don't get it because you have a running back who in the last two games has yet to be tackled for negative yardage in Anthony Grant and who again in this game was doing the damn thing and was getting yard after yard after, you know, big play after yard after touchdown. Like he was doing everything for you. So your fourth and inches 
turn around and hand it off to him. I'm sure he'll get you the, the, that one yard that you need. I don't think it cost him the game, but as he said, the defense wasn't able to stop a nosebleed last night. So kicking the ball, giving it back to them didn't really seem like a great idea. All in all, I mean, you ended up taking the lead with a minute 40 left. 98-yard drive. Yeah. yeah. And you took a, lo- a lot of time a off 98 the 98-yard drive, and, and, and I said it. I, I was talking to folks last night and then talking to Jay this morning, and I said, here's to me if you write the Scott Frost coaching obituary, it's after a 98-yard, six-minute-plus drive where your defense could rest, recharge, recalibrate, redirect, that you came out and could not stop them from doing the same three plays that they had been using against you the entire game. Like – in a full description. It really was seven, the same three, wasn't it? Seven, mentioned, seven minutes of coaching time, of clock time, and 14 minutes of coaching time. And you could not adjust your way out of them having this the, the game-winning drive. Like, I, that to me is where it was. Um, the te- texter says this. When Trev mentioned integrity as the key, for the next coach. Did anybody else think there goes Urban Meyer's chance? Listen. <laughs> listen. If integrity is the focus, it is a step towards towards one acknowledging a problem. Right? Oh yeah. Cuz if he mentioned it here, there's a re- he, I don't think Trev says anything without a reason behind right, it. Right, there's a reason. And then and then I'll say this. In the room that we were in last night, the conversation was, well, if they win, does it save his job? To me, the cause of the game was when you lose your job. That you're you're not competing at the level of Georgia Southern at your own house in front of the Hall of Fame committee and the new installs at a night game where you do the red light Right, you did the whole thing. You put the alternate uniforms on. You did which, the whole which you've thing. You've been scheduled for all the scheduled wins over the last. Well, years. I asked the question before. Like, wouldn't it have been really better for them to bring the '83 tribute back against Oklahoma? Yeah, the makes, best against Oklahoma would have would have. Hey, man, like to not worry about it, but you had all of this stuff in play and didn't get it to work. Uh, let's go back to Hunter Lincoln Hotline. Outdoors, Kevin. What's up, Outdoors, Kevin? What's happening? Outdoors, Kevin. You out there, Kevin? You out? You outdoors? Three, no, two, one. I'm start talking through it. That's all right. Well, ah. I think too the, the the damning thing to me too was not just that they lost the game; it's that they didn't like flukily lose the game. It was like if they played ten times, Georgia Southern might win five or six. I mean, that to me that I didn't look in that field and think, ah, the better team lost tonight. I look at that field and said, I, I, a better team might have won. Two, two teams if, play. If you're watching yeah. that game and it's not your favorite team, that is a great football game. Uh-huh. If you like offense. Oh, my, friend, <laughs> yeah. my friends who follow simply okay. because I'm here and they're in Charlotte, Houston, Cali, Florida. They're great. watching Like, they're watching the Huskers, and it's two responses. This, this was my phone last night. Damn, bro. <laughs> or, <laughs> whoo, what a game. Yeah. yeah. Tough finish. 
The box <laughs> more into the Iowa Iowa State. I'm game. like 10 7 <laughs> 7 3 type of stuff. No, you but, don't. But, no, oh, you don't. Do. That is a he, horrible no. lie. He That's does. actually that not a, a lie. That is a horrible <laughs> thing, Box. He I does. Know. I understand I everybody else know. loves offense. I love every point matters. Defense, special teams. I could go without maybe like fumbling in into a the 10 end zone 7 three game. Times. Special teams don't make plays. Oh, they can. They can make the difference <laughs> in the game. They don't make Dude, plays. I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, you I don't can, get You Bach. can have that. <laughs> I don't get Bach. Kool- I've worked with him for so long. I still Kool- don't understand. Kool Aid man, <laughs> man says this Uber driver just called me and gave me Urban Meyer uh, a ride to High V. <laughs> so ah, in, there it is. So in the full in the full full perfection of Uber what we and High V. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, this is Wyatt Davis, longtime listener, first time texter. What's up, Rico? Uh, so they handled that pressure well. My question is, do you think Trev uh, takes until early December to make the hire, or does it happen sooner? Love you guys. Um, what's up, Wyatt? Am, am I am I not fair? I, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I'll be repetitive in it and be consistent in it. You have a coach. Yep. You have a coach, and if he does his job. He's going to be the coach. You would think so. The only way he's not going to be the coach is if he doesn't do his job. Now, if you really want to ask what does what record does he have to have to keep the job, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But I would still say, hey, look, if he wins five games and goes to a bowl game, or pretty good for a first time head coach and an impressive five, because mm-hmm. that means you got to beat four, you got to win four games in the Big Ten Conference. Mm-hmm. That's what it means, right? You're gonna have so or, you said or, five, or, so that's, Oklahoma and three, yeah, or four. You're gonna have to beat one or two of your final four, which are a gauntlet, right? And but that means you beat Wisconsin and Iowa, and then you go to a bowl game and win, breaking the losing streak against them, right? Like does does Bach is that enough? Does that get does that something, get him across the line? Something the previous two coaches who haven't been able. It's to just do. it's kind of funny because I just go back historically and look at these things, and it just seems like all these names are cyclical. Because now I'm thinking of Ed Orgeron. Uh, working along with Clay Helton and going six and two in his interim position at USC, uh, taking over uh, for who was that Kiffin I think at the time, and was that Kiffin? I believe that was Kiffin, probably. Um, and they ended up not going with that Orgeron. Yeah, they went, they went with the guy who beat Nebraska last night, Clay Helton. Um, so it's just kind of funny how all this plays out. I think that if if he if he I think he's, he can put his – certainly, like, if they – the crazy thing is, like, it can – I don't know if, if he's going to be heavily in the conversation until he gets a big win. That could come as soon as this week. I mean, you think if they if they somehow turn around and beat Oklahoma, he's give a real can- – not just a real candidate. Like, he might be a favorite all this time. Well, season. I don't think you give him when – you, when you hired him as your wide receivers coach, I don't think you give him associate head coach title if you weren't considering at some point – if it didn't work out with Scott, that this was a guy that you would be targeting. Now Say I understand. Say it louder for the people in the back, Rico. <laughs> I'm just saying. Say it louder you gave for the people him, in the back. You gave him the associate head coach title when you hired him as your wide receivers coach. That means to me that at some point, if it didn't work with Scott Frost, that you were considering Mickey Joseph as a serious candidate to take over as head coach. Now, Trev said, if you hear, you know, so-and-so, I'm talking to so-and-so, or so-and-so is, is visiting with me, that doesn't mean I'm going to hire them, but I am going to talk to people. He's going to do his due diligence. He's going to do his homework. He's going to talk to a whole bunch of different people who he might consider for the job. But right now, he has a dude in-house who is going to be taking taking over this team starting today. 
and leading this team through the rest of the season. If that person, Mickey Joseph, does a good job, does a, a good enough job and is in line with everything that Trev Alberts and the athletic department want as a head coach, in a head coach, then I don't see any reason why he doesn't keep the job and they just remove the interim. But Trev, as he said, is going to do his homework. He's going to do his due diligence, and he's going to talk to a lot of people. He's going to see what's out there. He's going to see who's out there. He's going to see who's interested. And then you could also have the caveat of Mickey Joseph does a great job, but Trev Alberts likes somebody else. But the the small little instance there would be you hire that person, but you need to keep Mickey on your staff. Well, and keep in mind, too, this is where the pressure heats up on Trev. Trev's kind of been in this whole we can restructure contracts. He does nothing wrong. The red carpet experience. And I, I'm, all, I'm all bored with that. But Trev's not going to get two n- hires of, of football, so he's he's not going to just – I mean, Mickey's really going to have to impress him. It's not like Mickey – that's why when you say, like, you know, if they beat Iowa or Wisconsin, it has enough. It, it, it's, it, this, is, this is Trev's legacy now as an athletic director is going to be this next hire that he makes. So, um, you know, I, it's hard to really get inside his head and kind of think of that because um, I, it's not like he can just – lean with Mickey and say, yeah, we'll try that too and go two, two, you know, two years into it and say, well, never mind, now let's do something else and I'm still the AD. He would be help. I mean, he'd help do the fire if, the, if his next hire doesn't work out, regardless of who it is. I, I don't think, remember, this is, he hasn't made a hire until today. All right. He made a hire. Mind you, this was a, the, the passing game coordinator. That's an official, mm-hmm. an associate head coach. You gave you gave him the title, like I said. Mickey Mickey has checked those those two boxes were checked when he was brought here. Then he got to work, and if the work matched the level of the title and exceeded it, then you can extend him. Passing him coordinator, done. Associate head coach, done. Now you're the interim head coach. Pay attention, people. Pay attention. That's I just think that that's a big step from interim to head coach, though. And that I mean, no, that, it's not. Oh, it is. No, it, it's I, huge it, because Trev Albert's it, job's it, on the line. It, it has. It, what Trev did today is his legacy. Bach, think outside of your space. It's part of it. No, here's the, and listen. Bach I'm, I'm did, cheering for Bach Mickey. Did Bach? I want you to understand what Trev Alberts did today is a part of a legacy that will never be taken down ever because it's the first time in the history of this pro- this athletic Oh, program. absolutely. I'm not ta- I'm not I, I'm not stepping on that. Don't trip. And if his his legacy is on the line and you choose. That's like me saying, "Bach, I'm going to give you the radio station." What does that tell you? Is it interim? <laughs> Even if it's interim, what does it tell you? Well, it means that you trust me, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying. Let's if, go to break. We'll, we'll okay, go. okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's take a break. Uh, I see somebody's calling in right now, too. We'll get to your calls. Uh, we are still covering here. Scott Frost uh, let go today. Trev Alberts had his uh, had his press conference, and we're kind of reacting to that. And uh, for a lot of questions. We'll have plenty more coverage coming for you here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Uh, text line. Let me let me, let me help, you, help you out. He said, "DP, quit bringing up race." <laughs> what? Something that happened for the first time in history, and you, as a as a as a as a place this, where we have this conversation, you tell me that I should not mention that that's a thing. I hate I hate when people do that. Like you're, they're uncomfortable with the race discussion. This is this literally should be a celebration. No, like, yeah. That's all it was. Was like, listen, here's the thing. Something happened. Look, this is a 
good thing for Nebraska. Why Granted, would, it should have happened earlier, hey, but, but this is a good thing but, for Nebraska. Okay, so here's the thing uh, through discussion. People will say, you know what I want? I want a Nebraskan. We celebrate any Nebraskan yes. in the NFL, any Nebraskan in the NBA, any Nebraskan in the Olympics, right? Oh, yeah. It's ownership, connect, connection to it, right? Inclusion. There's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So imagine that for the first time ever. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. You can be <laughs> mad if you want to, but I'll talk about that. Uh, also for the Texas DP, uh, excellent af- afternoon coverage. I think we're overdue in saying thanks to Frank, Bill, Bo, Mike, and Scott. They deserve a lot of credit despite uh, their imperfections. Let's hope Mickey uh, can stay here 10 years plus, Steve. Here's the thing. nobody's. I'm not downing anybody. I, I haven't. I, I wouldn't do that. As a, as, a, as, a, as a coach, I would never root against a coach being fired. It never happens. I've said that all along about Scott Frost. I'm not rooting for Scott Frost to be fired. I wasn't rooting for him. I certainly didn't celebrate today. But I, I can do this. I can say thank you to Scott and good luck to Mickey all in the same voice. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I probably should. And that's what we're doing. Like, it's a day to talk about it. Mickey Joseph is the interim head coach. And Scott Frost... <laughs> like I'm like I was trying to explain this to my wife too. She's like, "Oh, I feel bad for Frost." Like, yeah, professionally, it, it's not great, but coaching is not easy. You don't get into this job, and most coaching tenures don't turn out the way that you want them to. You've got to kind of go through a rocky path, and and I understand. Like, you feel bad for Scott that it didn't work, but I mean, he's he's going to get more coaching opportunities if he wants them, or he's got plenty of money to rest his head on. I mean, yeah. so I, it, it is sad professionally, but like, you know, we don't have to act like it's a funeral. He's okay, guys. Look, there's one place I know he can go, and it'll help him out. The Nick Saban School for Rehabilitating Coaches. Well, 